Hi everyone, this is Mark, and welcome to another episode of the Mark Hastings Experience. And in this episode, I'm going to be doing a review of a film that I um, just got back from seeing, actually. And um, without further ado, the film that I'm going to be talking about today is the 2021 American superhero film um, based on the Marvel Comics Um comics of the same name and the uh the characters uh within and um those characters and the film that i'm talking about is eternals uh which was uh directed by uh chloe zhao um who is a wonderful director um she um uh, most recent film that i saw of hers um was um was nomadland uh the 2020 um film a uh, wonderful film uh, I, I couldn't uh, recommend it uh more highly and um yeah i think she did a great job directing uh eternals which is the 26th th- film in the marvel cinematic universe of films uh, which began with Iron Man back in 2008. And this film, Eternals, is essentially the uh, the beginning of the, the Marvel Universe. Or it tells the story of events that took place um, at the birth of civilization itself, in fact. Um... Because the film, um, the and the characters that are uh, central to the film are, of course, uh, the Eternals, which uh, are a, um, a species of immortal, superhuman, super-powered beings um, who were created by uh, the Celestials, which are a very, um, a very powerful group of um ancient um celestial beings in fact um they uh are purported to be have been the first life forms created um in the the marvel um universe or the universe within um which the stories of um the marvel uh characters um exist within um and <clears throat> excuse me they range um there are different um characters that make up uh these uh celestial beings um and the celestial that we uh encounter in um eternals is the celestial uh arisham um and they were responsible for sending these uh, ten um, human-like, um, or they appear human, human-like Eternals um, to Earth um, on a mission to fight um, a an invasive species known as the Deviants. And the Deviants 
are these uh, monstrous like uh, creatures um, who were it turns out genetically engineered by the celestials um, to be the the enemies of the eternals who they also uh, created and this doesn't get revealed until a bit later on in the film uh, but when we first meet um, the Eternals, uh, which comprise of some wonderful uh, actors, um, most notably uh, Gemma Chan, who plays the character of uh, Cersei, uh, Richard Maiden, who plays the character of Icarus, um, Kamali uh, Nanjinani, I hope I got that right, probably didn't, but uh, he plays the character of Kingo, uh, Lia McHugh plays the character of Sprite. Um, Brian Tyree Henry, uh, he's a wonderful actor. Uh, he plays the the character uh, Fastos. Um, uh, Lauren um, Ridloff uh, plays um, the character of uh, Makari. Um, Barry uh, Keoghan uh, plays the character of uh, Druig. Um, Don Lee plays the character of uh, Gilgamesh. Um, Harish Patel plays the character um, Karun, who is um, uh, Kingon's uh, manager. Um, and, um, of course, the, the great uh, Sama Hayek plays the character of Ajak. And uh, Angelina Jolie plays the character of Thena. And, essentially... These characters are um, the basis for um, a number of the mythology stories that um, have sprung up throughout human history um, all over the world. Um, and when we first meet the Eternals, um, it is the year 5000 BC, so 7000 years ago. And we see the arrival of the Eternals, um, who believe they come from the planet Olympia, uh, who all have individual superpowers. And as I say, they've been sent to Earth to fight back against this invasive, monstrous species known as the Deviants. And they encounter humanity, who um, uh, his, his has already um, become a, a humanoid um, species, um, very much hunter-gatherers by this point. And essentially, over the millennia, the Eternals stay on Earth um, and protect humanity um, to protect them essentially from the Deviants. Um, and they are not supposed to interfere with the development of Earth's population. However, their presence... Um, is influential um, and we see this at uh, various um, stages throughout the film when we see in flashbacks uh, the Eternals um, interacting with uh, different civilizations um, in um, Mesopotamia uh, in Babylon um, yeah very different stages um because they have been, this is part of their mission to not um, interfere with the 
humanity's development. However, they they do have ideas that potentially, I mean, um, the character of um, 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 the character of uh, Fastos. Um, he's a very intelligent weapons and technology inventor, and um, he uh, develops the idea for an internal combustion engine for humanity um thousands of years before it was even invented uh but he's um warned by um uh Ajak uh played by Sama Hayek who is uh the wisest uh of the um the Eternals and she's their spiritual leader um and she has the the ability to heal and also the ability to communicate um with um with the the celestials and she um she communicates with um Arisham the celestial who who sent them to earth uh, regularly and she has information about why they are on earth why the celestials why the eternals are on earth um that she doesn't uh, reveal to the other eternals um but um that go comes further in the in the film um in fact she um she dies um because she she tries she even changes her mind um but i'll get to that um but um it is thought by the eternals that the last deviant um is killed um in the year 1500 and it is at this time that the eternals decide to uh break away from one another and go their separate ways and spread throughout the throughout the world um and as a result of this um and at, at this time they do have a difference of opinion um especially the um uh, the, the character of a uh, druid who um, has the ability to manipulate the minds of others and he is horrified by the fact that the Eternals have allowed um, humanity to become to be so barbaric against one another to fight against one another to wage war against one another whereas he believes that because he has the power to manipulate the minds of humans if he was to just send out a um a manipulative um wave or contact every human on earth and convince them not to fight against one another then that could be the that could be the the answer to all of the problems but as I said, um, the Eternals were told that they could not interfere with the natural development of humanity. Very much like a prime directive that you would find um, in um, Star Trek. Um, um, yeah, so there is a difference of opinion. Um, this also comes after the character of Thena played by Angelina Jolie, who is an elite warrior, 
um, who can form weapons out of cosmic energy. Um, she um, has a, a moment when she becomes very violent and she starts fighting against her own family of Eternals um, until she's um, she's broken she uh, broken from this uh, by um, Gilgamesh um, who is the strongest Eternal um, and he has a very deep connection with Thena and um, when the Eternals disband when they go their separate ways it is Gilgamesh that chooses to stay with Nina to protect her, um, um, and so that she can she doesn't lose her control over her um, her abilities. Um, and what's also um, affected by this splitting is the relationship between uh, Cersei, played by Gemma Chan. And um, Icarus, played by Richard Madden. And Cersei is a very empathetic um, Eternal who has a very strong connection to humanity, as she has from the moment that um, they arrived at Earth, actually. When the Eternals first arrived on their ship, she looked out at Earth with uh, Icarus and um, she remarked how beautiful the planet was. And then when she first met humanity, she she was the first to reach out to them, um, literally. Um, uh, and she, um, Cersei, is able to um, manipulate uh, inanimate matter. So she can touch um, a stone um, or the ground and turn it into water, for example. And... Um, we see throughout the the film um, that basically uh, one part of the Eternals is that it is a a love story in a way. Um, the, 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 the the some of the Eternals have a very deep connection to humanity, but specifically the the love story that I'm referring to is that, that between um, Cersei and Icarus, and um, they. Um, they have a very close relationship that develops over uh, the hundreds and thousands of years, um, and then they eventually marry. In fact, they or they go through um, through a ceremony where they they um, that has really um, bonded them eternally to one another, and it's very um, sweet, very. Um, tender and you can see that there is a, a great deal of um affection and love for one another um uh, but when they the eternals disband um both cersei and icarus go their separate ways and it's explained in the film that icarus chose to um to leave um cersei um for another reason, and that was because he know he knew what the the end game um, of um, of the uh, the celestial uh, Arisham was, and the and the the, the, the true intent that um, 
and the true reason that they that the Eternals were sent to Earth. Um, so, yeah, um, the Eternals disband, um, and they go their separate ways. And for the next five hundred years, the majority of the Eternals spend their time separated from one another, uh, waiting for Arisham to send them back to their to their home world. Um, then in uh, present day, we catch up with Cersei and Sprite, who are now living together in London. Um, and uh, Cersei has now uh, began a begun a relationship with the character of um, Dane Whitman, um, uh, who um, in um, in Eternals is played by uh, Kit Harrington, and um, when you see uh, and if you don't know, Kit Harrington uh, played the character of Jon Snow in the um, the TV show um, Game of Thrones, and um, he was also he was in that series with um, with um, actor uh richard maiden um and when you see those two on screen together for the first time in a, in a scene it really i mean for me who was a fan of uh, game of thrones when it first um was first on um i wasn't as much of a fan of the last series as i was of the the, the previous series but um the previous seasons but um yeah, it was uh, a thrill to see both Kit Harrington and um and uh, Richard Maiden on on screen with one another sharing the sharing the scene but um yes, yeah, so Cersei started a relationship with um Dane Whitman and um who uh, works at the Natural History Museum um uh, which is um uh where um Cersei uh works she she's posing now as a museum curator um and yeah it's a very you know sweet relationship between them um and he's not um as fooled as uh some may have uh, thought he was um he he knows or he has heard things about Cersei and and Sprite um so you know he's um he's very aware and he also has a secret as well um which is um uh revealed or it's um um touched on in one of the the two cutscenes at the the end of the film um which uh played during the credits uh but at this when we we when we see um Cersei and uh Dane interacting with one another um beginning of the film they we see them at a, at a at a club we see uh Sprite who is able to manipulate his um appearance and image to appear like um anything or anyone uh but who is obviously he's thousands of years old but he has the physical appearance of a 12 year old child 
um, or they, I should say, um, um, because uh, Liam uh, McHugh uh, is played by uh, um, a, uh, a female um, actress, um, but um, um, I don't think it's ever really uh, explained if um, they are they have a gender fluid uh, relationship um, or a gender fluid um, orientation, um, but. Uh, but yeah, so they, they look as if they're 12 years old, but they're very, they're not um, as young as they, as they look. Um, and they're out for the night, um, Sprite and Cersei and, and Dane. Uh, when, uh, and they're walking along the canal in London, in England, uh, when they are attacked by uh, the deviant uh, Crow, who at this point is a very monstrous um m even more monstrous than he evolves into being um and um he chases after them um and of course uh while trying to defend themselves uh Cersei uses her powers um as does uh Sprite and um then um, when they they find themselves on one of the the London streets where um, the deviant is um, tempted to attack them, but is causing uh, damage to the surrounding area, it is then that Icarus uh, appears um, and uses his um, laser vision. Uh, I don't know what else to uh, call it um, from that he has. He directs from his eyes, very much like Superman does. Um, and another similar um, um, aspect to uh, Icarus is that he can fly also. Um, in fact, he is even um, referred to uh, by a character during the film um, and asked whether he is Superman. And that was one of the two... Uh, references to DC Comics characters that I heard while I was watching the film, which I was surprised of. Uh, the one was Batman, and the other was Superman. Um, which is uh, a a cool piece of um, 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 ref comic re comic reference uh, a reference comic two different universes reference to one another. Um, but of course, um, I'm sure even in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they have comic books, uh, so they must have a DC Comics, they must have DC Comics in the Marvel Universe, which is, which is great. But, uh, I thought it was very interesting when I heard that, I heard someone say Superman, and I heard someone say Batman, and I thought, oh, okay. But, um, yeah, so Icarus appears, uh, he appears to chase uh, the deviant away, and then he, um, Cersei, um, uh, Sprite, um, reunite with one another. Uh, this is the scene as as I was referring to earlier when Icarus, uh, played by Richard Madden, um, talks with Dame Whitman, uh, plays played by uh, Kit Harrington, and. 
This is when um, the decision is made to attempt to reunite all of the Eternals to prepare for um, the Deviants who appear to have re-emerged after all these um, all these centuries. Um, um, and only uh, Ajak um, can no longer join the group um, as um, we don't, what we don't find out is that um, she's um, she has been killed um, by what we what in truth is the deviants, but it was all set up by a fellow member of the Eternals because um, Ajak, who believed in the the mission. Um, of um, of the celestial Arisham when they were sent to Earth to prepare Earth um, for um, for what was to emerge from Earth's core, which is essentially a a new version of a celestials, a an, an evolved version of them. And um, Ajak became her um, belief in this uh, waned over the years. And um, as I referred to earlier, Ajak uh, had the ability to communicate with Arisham uh, exclusively. Um, And now that she's dead, um, and when... um, um, when Cersei uh, and Sprite and um, Icarus find her, um, she's she's living in South Dakota, in a um, in the middle of nowhere. But it appears she's been she's been killed by the Deviants. Um, and when she dies, um, the ability to communicate with Arisham passes on to uh, Cersei. And while while in uh, communion. With Arisham, um, they explain that the the primary mission of the Eternals was not to fight the Deviants, but to prepare Earth for what they refer to as the Emergence. Um, and Arisham explains that for millions of years, the Celestials have been planting their seeds into populated planets so that new Celestials can be born from them. Um, and, um, since the energy of, um, all of the individuals of those planets is required for this to happen, the Celestials sent the Deviants to destroy the, um, the top predators of the planet, um, to ensure the development of life on that planet. Um, however, the Deviants evolved, um... And became top predators themselves. Um, and this is why the Eternals were sent um, by the Celestials. Um, and Earth, it is explained by Arisham, has now reached the necessary population so that the emergence can happen. Um, 
which would lead to the birth of the celestial Tiamat, um, but would also um, result in the destruction of the planet. And of course, um, Cersei, who has formed a very strong relationship, a strong bond with humanity, doesn't want this to happen. Um, and in fact, most of the the Eternals, um, you know, have this have loved, gained to learn to love humanity over the millennia, and they decide that they're going to disobey the will of Arisham and they try and prevent this emergence and the destruction of Earth from taking place. And one um, um, solution to this is to create a unimind, essentially a connection between all of the Eternals that would unite all of their powers and stop... Um, the celestial Tiamat, who uh, is uh, waiting to emerge from Earth and take their place as a as a member of the Celestials, um, and to either kill him or put him to sleep or stop him from from emerging. Um, and uh, the character Druig plans to get the necessary power to put time to sleep by using um, their ability to um, use mind control. Um, um, however, not all of the Eternals um, are agreeable on this plan. Um... And it is revealed that Icarus is, in fact, the one who led to the death of Ajak. Because he is a loyal believer in the mission of the Eternals. Um... He believes that, and when he finds out that Ajax's um, intent is to to not bring about the emergence and to to not carry out the mission of the Eternals and allow the the birth of the Celestial Tiamat, um, yeah, he uh, he kills her. He well, he doesn't kill her. He leads her to um, a frozen lake in Alaska where um, some deviants were um, he were discovered uh, who killed um, all of the the residents of a, of a mining um, facility there and um, yeah Icarus leads her to her death where Ajax to her death, where she is killed, um, and then what is um, what is something of note about the deviants, especially the deviant um, crow, is that they when they they attack and they capture someone, especially as 
someone as powerful as the an eternal they um inject um their tentacles into them and they draw out the power of that eternal into them and this causes the um deviant to evolve also and we see the the deviant crow evolve in form and in um mental um facility um over the course of the film and firstly when uh with the death of ajak um they absorb their power their memories um and with other um characters um going forward this happens also um but yeah uh yeah icarus um he 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 admits to the rest of the eternals that he had been informed of the emergence by ajak centuries before it happened um and he killed her because she was against the destruction of earth which would as i said lead to the emergence of this new celestial um so yeah he is he we're meant to believe that he's working with the eternals to try and stop this this destruction of earth from happening but in reality he's doing all that he can to make sure that it happens um and yeah it's um there's some really great uh, interactions between the the um the eternals um when we first meet um meet the eternals some of have a very um you know very happy life uh the character of uh, kingo who's played by uh um uh kumail uh nanjiani i hope i've said that right um he's a very powerful uh, eternal um um and he over the over the the years has become um a very famous uh bollywood star um um over, since the since the beginning of the bollywood um films um and um he has um become very enamored with the fame you know he he loves the fame he loves the attention um his um assistant uh or should i say manager uh karen uh is constantly following him with a camera and recording whatever um kingo says and and um as i said um the 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 eternals have you know he had they have uh, moved on um Brian Tyree Henry's character um Fastos um uh who in in fact is the first superhero um to be depicted as gay in the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh when we first meet him after all the centuries we see that he's living with his husband and their um their child um and he he's very reluctant to get involved again because um we see a um 
a scene that takes place just after the events of Hiroshima when the uh the um the atomic bomb was um was dropped on Hiroshima um um during World War 2 1945 um and we see him being um coddled by Ajak at the time and he's um disgusted that um Humanity has created this invention that has created so much destruction. Um, but yeah, so, but, they, over, over the film, we see the, the Eternals become drawn back to one another to try and sustain this life, especially the ones who have moved on, the ones that have found some kind of happiness, some kind of, connection human spiritual connection uh they want to maintain that and they want to keep earth um and humanity alive um whereas those that don't have that connection with humanity are seem to be the first people to um allow its destruction the destruction of um earth um but yeah so once um Icarus reveals um what his true intent is um after they um after Makari locates the place that the emergence is to take place um at the foot of an active volcano uh Icarus um fights um um, with uh, Sprite and the rest of the Eternals, uh, before Sprite um, decides to um, to join Icarus, who it's revealed always had feelings for Icarus, um, um, but yeah, um, Icarus he kills uh, um, Gilgamesh. Um, which um, angers um, Thena, who, of course, Gilgamesh was, um, who had been helping for for centuries, um, helping her control her anger. Um, And then it is left to, um, it is left to Circe um, and uh, Kingo, um to and um uh and druig to try and and uh, fastos of course to fight against icarus um to try and bring him under some kind of control um so that um druig can um try and uh control and um, stop the emergence of um, of the celestial, um, um, but um, there is a uh, a fight, um, and um, ultimately, um, Cersei has to try and find a way to um, to to get to the, this volcano and try and stop uh, Tiamat from emerging 
Um, and then um, um, the the deviant uh, crow, uh, who, as I said, um, and who also absorbs the the power of um, Gilgamesh, um, um, who he kills. Actually, uh, I should point that out. Um, but it's. It's all at the hands of Icarus. Icarus leads to the, the death of his family members. Um, um, but yeah, Crow kills him and he, he absorbs Gilgamesh's um, power. And this causes him to evolve. Um, the, the deviants are constantly evolving, especially Crow. And um, he becomes more human-like, more um, humanoid. Um, and... Um, he fights against um, Thena, um, uh, while uh, Fastos um, activates this the Unimind um, invention that he's come up with, which would link the um, the sphere that um, um, is usually within, uh, which was in Ajax's um, chest. Uh, before she died, but then it was passed on to Cersei, and he wants to use this as a way to um, to link all of the Eternals together, so that their their unified power, their unified consciousness, can can um, help um, this the emergence of um, the Celestial Tyrant, and um, yeah, it's. Icarus, he is for a great deal of the, the of the time. He even threatens his own Eternals. The, he he doesn't care. He wants to bring this about because he believes that this must happen. That the planets of the the universe that this has happened on, it has to happen. There is no deviation. Um, that's why he fights back against. But what ultimately stops him when he breaks free of being controlled um what stops him his his relationship his former relationship and his connection with Cersei who he loved uh, they had a true love and a romance um and a connection with one another and um even though uh, Icarus decided to walk away and leave that behind um, there is still something there between them, and that is why, um, when the Unimind is activated, Icarus chooses. While um, tearfully, he chooses to join with the rest of the Eternals um, and allow life on Earth to continue. Um, and um this connection this unification um ultimately leads to uh Tiamut um not emerging because uh Cersei who has the ability to manipulate substances um is able to um use the combined powers of all of the eternals to turn Tiamat into ice 
essentially killing him just as he was um starting to emerge from the 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 core um of the of the earth you actually see his hand and his head emerging from the sea um and you can see in the face of richard madden that icarus feels a great deal of guilt for what he did for fighting against Cersei and um, because of this guilt he decides to leave Earth and to fly into space and then directly towards the sun um, essentially um, killing himself, um, sacrificing himself um, because of what he did um, and Following their unification of their powers, Cersei, who now has the the ability um, to um, change um, people, or uh, or specifically to change or gives the character of Sprite the ability to age like a normal human. Um, she gives this to Sprite uh, because for the longest time he has, as I said, looked as if he was 12 years old. And this is for thousands of years and this is something that has waned upon him um, all that time. And um, and he's given this, this, this gift. Then at the end of the film we see the, the team once again parting ways. Um... And we have Thena and Druig and uh, Makari. Um, and an interesting thing about Makari, which I loved um, in, in the film. Um, and she's um, a character, she's played by uh, Lauren uh, Ridloff. She uh, possesses the power of super speed, very much like um, the DC Comics character The Flash or Quick Quicksilver, um, who we've seen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, but she's also the first character who is deaf, the first deaf superhero in the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And we see her communicating with the rest of the Eternals via sign language. And um, I absolutely loved that. I loved the the um, the references of and the, the, the normalizing of um, of these wonderful people and giving this opportunity to these great uh, characters and these great actors to to be seen and um and yeah it was uh, wonderful to see um but yeah so Thena, Druig and Makari um after um completing um and dis- destroying um uh celestial time up before he could emerge Thena, Druig, and Makari um, decides to take the spacecraft that they used to originally arrive at Earth and fly into space um, uh, by using their their spaceship uh, to find other Eternals and to attempt to win them over to their cause to essentially uh, rebel against um, the the will of the Celestials. Um... And then on Earth, we see that Cersei, uh, Fastos, uh, Kingo, and Sprite uh, have decided to stay on Earth. Um, 
Um, we see uh, Dane uh, Whitman um, returns and he's, be, he's reunited with Cersei once again. Um, says that he loves her and is about to reveal a secret about his, quote, complicated family history when um, Arisham, the image of Arisham appears in the sky uh, who almost immediately teleports um, um, Cersei, Fastos and Kingo into space um, uh, and it is this time that Arisham warns them that uh, because they chose to sacrifice a celestial for the people of Earth, that he will spare them if their memories show that they are worthy to live, and um, and they will uh, return for uh, judgment. Um, and what that judgment will be, um, I'm sure will be revealed in a, a future film of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, probably in uh, a second Eternals film, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, and then, as is customary with uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, there are um, some mid-credit scenes. Um, there is a, well, one mid-credit scene and also a scene um, at the end of the film. Um, during the mid-credit scene, we see that Thena, Makari, and Druig um, are visited by the character of Eros, um, who uh, is an, an Eternal and also the brother of Thanos. Um, and uh, Eros um, also goes by the, the character name Starfox. Um, his title, in fact, is Eros of Titan. And in the in the film, in this um, mid-credit mid, uh, scene, um, Eros, uh, a.k.a. Star Fox, is played by um, the, uh, the British um, singer-slash-actor now, um, Harry Styles. Um, um, and, um, and, yeah, and he... Um, informs them um that um there are there's other things um to be attended to most notably um the helping of um Cersei uh Fastos uh Kingo and and Sprite who as i said have been teleported by Arisham and um Starfox um, explains that he knows what is going on, what has happened, and he also knows where they are. So he's going to be instrumental in um, directing the the Eternals um, to um, where they need to go to to rescue um, their fellow uh, Eternals. And then in a in a post credit scene. Uh, we see um, Dane Whitman, played by Kit Harrington, opening up a, a chest, an old chest, um, in which is, uh, he has inherited from his ancestors, um, that can, can appears to contain the legendary um, sword 
the ebony blade um and um yeah the uh the ebony blade is something that um i had no knowledge of but uh, it appears that the the ebony blade um um comes from uh comes from the comics and it was um a blade that was shown to have been carved from a meteor uh enchanted by the wizard merlin um and uh who was the first black knight um so um it remains to be seen um who or what the the parentage of um of uh, Dane Whitman is, um, but I, I'm sure others already have already worked that out. People probably already know. Um, but um, in a, in that said, in the post credit scene, um, a a voice calls to uh, Dane, um, asking him um, if he's uh, if he's ready for it um so we will uh, we will wait and see with bated breath uh what follows um but yeah so getting back to the film uh, itself eternals um i did i liked it i really did like it and i could not wait to see it today um when i went in there there was quite a few people actually in attendance in the, the cinema screen to to watch it um was it what i expected no um but i i really did enjoy it and i like that um it is building um it is it is informing and building a framework for the history of the marvel cinematic universe because um if you're a fan of the marvel cinematic universe just as i am and as I have been since the first film, uh, as I said, Iron Man came out in 2008. Um, you know, I've I've watched these characters grow, develop um, over over the last 26 films, and it's um, now we're we're coming into a new phase, uh, which the Marvel Cinematic Universe or films always do. There are always phases to these films when they're released, but it feels as if now uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is entering into a phase in which we're going to see more um, more of what is going on in the the outer expanses of the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe to go further out than Earth, um, very akin um, to perhaps some of the 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 the, the storylines from the films of the the Guardians of the Galaxy films uh and also Captain Marvel where we got to see uh different alien races different alien planets um that we 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 didn't get to see in especially the first phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe um apart from um, of course, the, the the arrival or the the oncoming arrival of Thanos, and um, we saw we, we got to see Loki and Thor, who you know um, were um, 
were, were gods, essentially gods. Um, um, but um, yeah, I, I think in the next few years, the next phases, we're definitely going to see more um, celestial, more um, cosmic-based stories, um, including um, perhaps the Silver Surfer and... We're also going to see the introduction of the Fantastic Four at some point. We're going to see the X-Men at some point. Um, so, um, yeah, as I say, it remains to be seen what we're actually going to see and find and discover um, about the Marvel Cinematic Universe because just as in the comics, there are stories to be told about characters that we have yet to see um which uh, I'm sure will give a greater and a deeper context to the 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 world that um, those who are fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe films um, have um, been enjoying all this time. Uh, but uh, yeah, so yeah, great film. If you plan to see it, um, then I would definitely suggest that you go and see it at your earliest convenience um, and yeah enjoy enjoy the the story and um yeah um it's a it's a great film um i like it uh, i can't wait to see it again actually um i just wonder on repeated viewing of the film whether i'll catch um other things that i'm i might have missed um but um yeah I think I'm going to leave it there for now. Uh, I'll probably go on for a bit longer, but I'll just be waffling. But, um, yeah, uh, if you're a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe films, then definitely check it out. If you're not as much of a fan, then I think you could definitely still watch it and still get something out of it. Uh, but it's definitely one for the uh, for the fans, I would say. Because uh, it really uh, um, adds um, a great deal of history to the... Uh, already uh, very um, cemented um, universe that is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But, um, yeah, so, as I say, I think I'm going to leave it there for now. Uh, I just want to say thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you like what you heard, and I'll talk to you again soon. Hi, everyone. This is Mark. So I hope you did enjoy what you heard in this episode of the podcast. And uh, if you did and uh, you would like to enjoy more of my content, um, I'm a, a writer, I'm a poet, and I'm an author. Uh, I've written 11 books of uh, poetry uh, and short stories and uh, short novels. So if you're interested in reading some of my poems, my short stories, or uh, the stories within my novels, then you can check them out online on Amazon or um, from the, the book depository or online at uh, Barnes & Noble and uh, if you want to check out some of my re- most recent uh, poems then if you head over to uh, markthepoet.me online then you can check out some of my most recent poems and also some of the poems that I've written uh, in the past uh, but yeah, so uh, I hope you like what you heard and I'll talk to you again soon